Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Now here's the message. I shared with the, the first service this morning, um, before I, I get into what the Lord's put on my heart, um, it, it's a beautiful thing um, to hear the people of God pray. It's something that you know, really blesses my heart because I know for me personally, um, God's grown me in that area of prayer and being able to pray over someone, for someone, uh, my wife, my children, um, especially, and then, you know, for, for my, my friends and, and family, um, you know, growing me in a manner that, to be quite honest with you, um, I know many in here may find it very uncomfortable when, when Andrew or Jeremiah in this instance gets up and says, okay, we're going to pray for our neighbor. A lot of us start to kind of cower a little bit and say, oh boy, you know, how quick, how, how quick can I make that exit out the back without being noticed, right? Um, but I can just tell you that it is, God is good and God is faithful uh, to grow us in that area if we're able to allow him to stretch us. And, uh, you know, when, I, when we were first married for the first, quite honestly, several years of being married, it was not uncommon that, uh, you know, I, I prayed and I would have no problem praying. And then, you know, Ginger would find the confidence to ask me to pray for her. Um, hey, Tim, you know, pray for me in this situation or pray, pray about this for me. And to be quite honest, that would just invoke a, a moment of silence on my behalf, and I would begin to pray for her in silence. And I stayed in that because I was comfortable in that, right? That's, that's just what I was used to. You know, when I, when I prayed, I spoke to the Lord, but I, I spoke to the Lord, um, you know, in, in silence. And eventually she would kind of prod a little bit and say, you know, can, can you tell me what you're praying for? Can, can I hear what you're praying for? Um, and, and yes, the, you know, as uncomfortable as that is, like even in, you know, last week, you know, Jeremiah and Heather, you know, shared about the story in which Jeremiah was able to pray over Heather and it blessed her. And eventually I got there. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Lord, you know, stretched me in that area. And I'm thankful now that, you know, I, I am more than comfortable and um, actually find it to be a, an honor to pray for and over uh, my wife, my children. Uh, so if you find yourself uncomfortable in that, I, I actually ask uh, that you, you make note of that because as we go into our message today, you know, one of the things we're going to really kind of land on that I feel like the Lord's taken me in our scripture is to land on boldness. Uh, we're going to talk about boldness this morning. So um, if that's an area that you can already be thinking in your head that you know, I need to be more bold in how I pray for my wife and my children or for my coworkers or whoever, um, you know, make note of that and, and We'll, uh, we'll pray about that later on, but as, as I get ready to share with you uh, this morning, as you can see up here, we didn't, we didn't have a video per se, but as you can see, we are now transitioning in our reading plan. For those of you that um, are joining us, it's about a chapter a day. Um, this past week, we actually read Acts 2 through 6, so officially we began Acts the week before, uh, but this is our first message that we're going to share uh, collectively about Acts. And, you know, I'm thankful in the fact that um, as I prepare for, you know, being able to share a message with everyone, one of the first things that I do is I, I, I just pray, 
right? I pray, okay, Lord, what do you want me, what do you want, what do you want to use me for? What do you want me to share with your people? Um, and that's, that's usually one of the hardest things for me in being able to prepare a message is landing on that, that, that idea, right? You know, really kind of taking it before the Lord and saying, okay, there's so much in these, in your word, Lord, that, you know, what, what do you want me to land on? What do you want me to share with your people? And I'm thankful to say um, that I didn't wrestle with that this time. Uh, as I began to prepare for this message, um, once, I, once I agreed that, yes, I, I, would, I would share on this, and to be honest with you, I initially had the, the thought of, you know, one of the other elders is more equipped to talk about this, you know, based off of our backgrounds and everything. I felt the Lord say, no, I, I want you, you to say yes to sharing, and uh, it was evident that as I took it before the Lord, why he wanted me to share, because he clearly landed me on a word this morning that I think he's got for his people. And uh, however, uh, as, as clear as that, that answer was on what he wanted me to share, um, I thought that I was done yesterday, um, well in the afternoon, and was, was feeling good about what the Lord had, had put on my heart. And as I sat there, um, and I was reading over it and studying over it and praying over it, I felt the Lord speak to me again and say, no, this. <laughs> go, go this way with it a little bit. And uh, for those of you that know me, I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. I like to have my, 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 my notes done and firm and ready. And, uh, you know, about, about noon yesterday, I felt the Lord start to kind of take me in a different direction. So um, I'm standing here before you this morning saying that um, I'm choosing to be obedient and uncomfortable. How's that? So I'd rather be obedient to what the Lord put on my heart, um, even if that disrupted what I had planned yesterday um, through, through preparing the message. So I want to pray this morning as we get ready to go into the Word um, that, that the Lord just kind of speak to us um, with what He has put on my heart. So, oh, Father, I just want to breathe deep. <laughs> May we all just... Quiet our, our minds, Lord, that with all the busyness of things potentially going on, whether it's graduation or you know, moving or, you know, end of, the, end of the year or whatever we got coming up this week, that, Lord, that, that you, just, you just quiet us. You prepare our hearts and our minds. Um, Lord, I, I thank, thank you this morning for, for making it clear to me uh, the word that you have for your people. Um, may, I, may I stand before them delivering what it is that you've put on my heart for them, Lord. As uncomfortable as it may be with my own desires, Lord, that I, I put those to the side, that, that I'm obedient to that. Um, I pray today that we, we listen to your word on boldness, that we listen to what that is in our own hearts and our own lives. I trust you, Lord, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as we go... Uh, we're going to go primarily into Acts 4, but as, as we get ready to do that, um, I think it's necessary that we actually walk through some of the first three chapters. So if you've got your Bible apps ready or you've got your Bibles open, we're going to actually start on Acts 1, uh, and we're going to kind of walk through some Scripture in the first three chapters that won't be up here, so you're going to need to have your, your apps and the, and the Bible uh, later on. When we get in Acts 4, we'll have some of the Scripture up on the screen, but... All right, so 
as we go through, as we open up into the book of Acts, beginning in Acts 1, um, we see here in Acts 1 that the followers, followers of Jesus witness the ascension of Jesus into, into the Father. And we see, beginning in verses 4 and 5, that as Jesus left them, He promised them the coming of the Holy Spirit that would empower them. In verses 4 through 5, it reads, And while staying with them, He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You heard from Me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So as we go into chapter 2, we kind of start, again, we're going to move pretty quickly through the first few chapters here. And in in chapter 2, we see this day of Pentecost. We see the power of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we see these believers that they begin to speak in other languages. And it left the people with the reaction found in verse 12 of chapter 2. And it says, and all were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? And I love that reaction because how many times in our lives when we see God move, are we filled with amazement and then at times perplexed? We've all had those times in our lives where God amazes us, but at the same time, it's not how we would have done it. So we're a bit perplexed at this. Later on in Acts 2, we see that Peter gave this great sermon. And 3,000 people accepted Jesus as the Lord, and they were baptized, beginning in verse 37. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've been fortunate and blessed to be able to share many messages over the years. Not one has resulted in 3,000 people coming to a relationship with the Lord. So that would be an amazing sight to see. And you know, if the Lord ever blessed me with that, I would be humbled. But we see that he used Peter for this in this scripture here. So as we move forward, though, we see, we see the move. We see the 3,000. And then from there, we see beginning in verse 42 through 46 that the believers begin to form a community. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So these early believers, they devoted themselves to the things of God. They prayed. They studied God's Word. They listened to God's Word. They had communion. And they enjoyed fellowship together. As we move forward into Acts 3, Peter and John are going to the temple at the regular time of prayer when they encounter a man who had been born crippled. We see this story beginning in verses 1 through 8. 
It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. What an amazing thing to see and to encounter. He was expecting something different than what he received. And this leads us to the scripture for today found in Acts 4. And this is where we're going to spend a lot of our time this morning. And this is right after all these events have just occurred. And Peter and John are met with resistance because of this healing that just occurred. They're being threatened with punishment if they don't stop talking about Jesus. And you see, I see Acts 4 here as kind of a turning point for Peter. It's a turning point for Peter and John. And this is where I think we can start to see ourselves. This is what I feel like the Lord has to speak to us today is we can see ourselves in this same type of situation and in this same type of role if our hearts desire is correct. So let's begin reading in verses 1 through 4. It says, And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. So here's Peter and John. They've just seen all these amazing things happen, but then they're, they're, they're taken and they're thrown into jail. And it, just imagine what that would look like today for us if we found ourselves in that situation this very morning. Authorities come rushing in here and they take us to jail because we're having church and listening to the preacher speak the word of God and we would love to see amazing things happen with people being healed, right? They come in. They arrest us. I can tell you that for me, a lot of my thought would begin, it would start to settle in on worry, right? What's going to happen? What are they going to do to us? How long are we to be in prison? What do we do? I would start formulating plans. What am I going to say? How's this going to work out? We see there's no word mentioned of what was running through the minds of Peter and John, but we get an idea that it probably wasn't worry. We're just told that they went and they stayed in prison overnight. We don't know what they were talking about during the night, but if you keep reading, we get a hint of what it probably wasn't, and it wasn't probably worry. Verses 5 through 12. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had and when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, 
By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This, Jesus, is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we are to be saved. That doesn't give me a hint of worry. That, to me, in today's modern day and age, would be the proverbial mic drop, right? They challenge them. These, these authorities, these leaders, they challenge them, and they say, by, by what did you do this? And Peter boldly proclaims that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. End of the story. Period. When they ask, by what power do you do this? Peter basically boldly proclaims, our power is Jesus. It's Jesus. And you see, it's right after this verse here that I begin to see what, I would, what, what spoke to my heart this past week really intimately. And that is beginning in verse 13. It says that now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. It was those words that just spoke to my heart when I was praying over, Lord, what do you want me to share in this, in this scripture from a reading plan? What is it you want me to share? And it was those words, uneducated, common men. The leaders who questioned and warned Peter and John, though not believers in Jesus, were astonished by them. They could clearly see that they were unschooled, unlearned, ordinary men but they could also see by the power and courage demonstrated by them that they had been with Jesus. The words uneducated common men. It spoke to my heart because at first I was like, I can relate to those and I can. But the other thing that I felt the Lord speak to me about is a lot of times in our lives, uneducated common individuals actually can carry a bit of negativity to it. See, we live in a world in which we, we pursue titles and accolades and nobody wants to be known as just ordinary, common, anything, right? For me, that's comfortable. You know, I, I'm a middle-of-the-road kind of guy. I don't like real high. I don't like real low. I like just ordinary and common. But a lot of times, that's just not looked at in a positive light. As a matter of fact, we can at times allow the enemy to speak those words, ordinary, common, in a belittling way towards us. It can make us feel less than. It can settle in our hearts with the question of, who am I? Who am I that God would use me? What do I have to offer God? Who am I that God would even listen to me? He has plans for others. 
He listens to others. He moves for others. He calls others. And He equips others. Other people are better equipped to be bold and competent. Other people are better fit to serve, to be used. And this here is something that I feel the Lord spoke to me and wants to speak to you this morning. That those thoughts are a lie. A lie from Satan. And I know that God wants you to be set free from that today. He wants to set you free from that who am I mindset. The truth is that the power that equipped Peter to be so bold and confident is available to you and I today. That's something that we should be praising our Lord for. That that power, that power that equipped Peter to be so bold and stand so strong, so confident, that that, that is available to us. Ephesians 1.13. It says, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. We as sons and daughters of Christ are sealed with that promised Holy Spirit. When we heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, and believed in Him. Praise God for that this morning. The truth is that we, that we as uneducated, common individuals, that in that state, we are best equipped to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to be seen by others. Peter and John weren't the only ones who knew that it was the power of Jesus that accomplished such great things through their lives. It wasn't Peter and John just didn't realize it. The leaders realized it. The leaders knew it. Because Peter in Acts 4, filled with the courage and boldness, that's the same man that just a couple months ago denied Jesus. We saw that in the gospel, right? Like Peter denies Jesus, yet a couple months later, here he is boldly and confidently standing before the leaders. Why the change? Why was there such a marked change in his, in his thoughts and in his words? It's because before the filling of the Holy Spirit, Peter's life was, was, was characteristic of self-centeredness. Even after he had realized that Jesus was destined to suffer and die, he said in his own power that he would stand by Jesus and not deny him. Peter was of the opinion that he himself, without the power of the Holy Spirit, could walk on this way and follow Jesus to the very end. That he himself could do that. It's here that Peter seriously misjudged himself. And we can do the same in our own lives. Because despite the, despite the fact that we know where our strength comes from, we try to do things in our own strength. That we try to do things our own way to remain pure and to remain true to Jesus at all times. We try and do that on our own. And what that results in is it results in a try-harder kind of culture. A try-harder type of relationship. And this is the reason why we continue to stumble and lead inconsistent lives. It actually results in us entering into a terrible cycle. 
in which we, can, we, we compromise. We fail to fulfill what we had intended to initially set out to do. And then we try harder. We dig our heels a little bit deeper. But then we don't prevail when we're tested. And that generally results in one defeat after another, after another, after another. That, my friends, is not a joyful, victorious life at all. The danger in this cycle is that can happen so repeatedly over and over and over again that eventually we can just decide following Jesus isn't for me because I'm trying to do it on my own. I'm trying harder. So we see this characteristic of self-centeredness in Peter. But another thing that we see is we actually quite simply see that he has fear. One of the main reasons why he denied Jesus was fear. His fear was based in a selfish mindset of being fearful for his own life. Fear can cause us to live a life that's not fully surrendered. A life that's not fully free. Fear can hold us back from that. The life we see Peter living in chapter 4 is one in which I would say is filled with fearlessness. Stark contrast and difference from the fear that we just see a couple months ago. Now he's got fearlessness. And as I prepared this message and I began studying it, I want to thank the Lord for the fact that it was here in this word that he actually laid on my heart to begin to pray differently for my wife, and my kids, for the leaders of this church, and for you all as our church. And for the last couple of weeks, I began to pray this prayer. And it, it, it's been challenging, but I feel like it's a prayer that the Lord wants us to hear. And that is that we be filled with fearlessness. If I could watch my wife and my children walk out their relationship with the Lord in fearlessness, what joy would fill my heart. If we as leaders can lead this, this church that we've been entrusted with, with to, to facilitate fearlessness. I mean, we talk about being taught by the Word and led by the Spirit, but when the Spirit leads to just go so willingly and just so fearless, that would be joyful for me. And I want to welcome you into that prayer. Pray that prayer of fearlessness in your own life, over your family, over this church. I would love to see us just walking that out day in and day out with each other. The change in Peter was rooted in a change in his perspective. It was found in a changed heart resulted from the filling of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1.7 It says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God does not desire for us to live our lives filled with fear. He instead wants us to be filled with power and love and self-control. Peter was transformed from powerless, prayerless, doubting, and faltering witness of Christ into a bold and effective servant for His kingdom. I would love to see that for all of our lives. And the thing is, as, as we see this, this story where Peter just was so bold and confident, the leaders had no ability to deny the power of Christ. 
because they, see, they saw a changed life in Peter and John. They saw changed individuals standing in front of them. But they also, it says here, beginning in verse 14, that there was the physical evidence of the healed man standing in front of them. It says, but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another saying, what shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name. So we see the changed hearts of Peter and John. But the other thing we see is the evidence of the healed man. It's these two things that led to the leaders making the statement, we can't deny it. One of the greatest ways that we can share the gospel of truth of Jesus Christ is through our testimonies. It's through these evidences. A definition of a testimony is evidence in support of a fact or statement. Proof. One of the reasons that they couldn't deny it is there was proof there. And one of the greatest testimonies you have to offer isn't necessarily the words that you speak. It's the changed life that you live from where you were before you met Jesus to where you are after. That's a testimony. And we should do that eagerly and intentionally every day. Look for opportunities to testify with others that which God has shown Himself doing in and through you. One of the greatest things that I love to hear is testimonies of other believers that say, oh, let me tell you what God's doing. Let me tell you what He's done. That's an encouragement to me. But you have to understand that Peter and John are in a situation here where they're being threatened by some people that can do some really bad things to them. And it didn't stop them from the boldness and the confidence that they had in their lives. Peter and John didn't cower from or bend beneath the pressure of civil or religious authority. And a lot of times we can bow down and we get fearful of what are other, what are other people to think of me? What if I offend them? What if they reject me? Peter and John had seen Jesus in all of His glory and He had changed their lives. And they weren't about to shut up no matter what. They weren't about to stop talking despite what the penalty could be. They had to tell somebody about their Savior. In verses 18 through 20, we see Peter and John were ordered to stop speaking in the name of Jesus. It reads, So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. I want to read that again. They said, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. It wasn't a choice for them. They could not not say something. They weren't going to keep quiet even when threatened. And this boldness and this confidence reminds me of 
you know, when my kids were, were, were much younger, much younger now, they, they wouldn't admit to being scared of anything, but when they were much younger, if they were given the instruction or the ask to, hey, go upstairs to your room or go upstairs or go down to the basement or whatever, and if it was dark outside and the lights were off, that was a no-go, right? I don't know if you all have kids and you ask them, hey, you know, go run upstairs and do this. If it's dark up there, most of the time they're going to look at you and kind of process it for a minute like, hmm, do I, don't I? What's the risk? There's probably something up there. And their thoughts just begin to, to captivate them until they normally just stand there frozen, right? Not going to happen. Doesn't matter who made the ask, not going to happen. I'm not capable of doing that because there's going to be something there that I'm afraid of. And eventually, with my kids at least, after a little bit of time of them processing this request, it would be met with a request then on their behalf that someone join them in this journey. Someone come with me upstairs. Someone come with me to the basement. Because if I have somebody accompany me, who they deem to be stronger or more able to protect them, then all of a sudden their courage just came up. Their boldness to move forward was, was able to, to, to take place. And in our lives with Christ, we too can be paralyzed with fear. How many times can you think of that you felt the Holy Spirit tell you, hey, go, go share something with that individual. Go, go talk with this person. Go do this. And you're just like, Mm-mm. nope, not this guy. Too paralyzed with fear to move forward. But we are instructed to call out to Him. We are instructed to call out to Him who is able to equip us through the Holy Spirit when in our time of need. Hebrews 4.16, it reads, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is the instruction that we can with confidence draw near to the throne. You see, when my kids would, would give that request, they were confident that their needs were going to be met, that I, either myself or Ginger, we would typically get up and we would accompany them upstairs. Confidence in the ask. Confident in the one that you're asking. When Peter and John were released and they went back to their brothers and sisters who were awaiting word of what happened, we see the response in verse 29. And I believe that this response that they have is one that, that God wants for us as individuals and He wants collectively from His church. It reads, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to Your servants to continue to speak Your Word with all boldness. While You stretch out Your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of Your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. You see, they didn't sit around and strategize. They didn't sit around and think, how do we avoid getting in trouble here? They didn't, they didn't sit and go, well, how do, how do we avoid doing what just happened here? How do we avoid 
getting thrown in prison. How do we avoid, like, they didn't strategize. No, it says very clearly, they prayed. And they prayed. They asked God to do exactly what they had gotten in trouble for in the first place. It says that they prayed, grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through your name of your holy servant, Jesus. They prayed for boldness. You see, the followers of Jesus had been given a mission that only God could accomplish. They had been given a message that was unpopular with authorities. And they had been given a plan that would unfold one step at a time. Without prayer, they would most assuredly fall flat on their face. So they prayed. And they prayed expectantly. They prayed specifically. They prayed confidently. And when we seek God, He will empower us, stretch us, and use us to bring glory to His name. I assure you, He will. You know, I just talked in an example at the beginning here that if you feel uncomfortable in praying out loud for somebody or over somebody, I assure you that if you pray to God for Him to stretch you, to get you outside of the comfort zone, and ask for Him to empower you to do so, He will. And to Him be the glory and honor for that. You see, it's interesting to notice what happened to the followers of Jesus when they prayed. God answered their prayers with power. And the place where they were praying was shaken. It says in verse 31, when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I believe that this is where God placed me this week when I was preparing the message. He landed me right here so that I could pray as an individual that I be shaken. God, shake me with your power. I believe that He wants the church to be shaken with His power. He wants the world to be shaken with His power. I believe we as individuals need to be bold for Christ. The more we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the bolder we become. You see, one of the hardest things that we can do as individuals, especially men, yes, I'm going to confess here, one of the hardest things that we can do is, is ask for help, right? Let's be honest, that's the truth. Whether it's something small as, you know, you know, I don't need instructions to assemble that. Or I don't need to stop and get directions. I, I've been, I was there about five years ago. I, I can navigate this. I know where I'm going, right? As men, it's hard to ask for help. But one of the names that the Holy Spirit has is the helper. And I think this morning, I know this morning, that the Lord wants us as individuals, collectively as a church, to ask Him for help. Whatever that is. Whatever that is in your life. I think we need to get rid of some of that self-sufficiency lie 
that we constantly are being fed and we say, no, I know where my strength comes from and I need his help. And so I want to challenge you this morning to really think about what that means. Has, has the Lord been speaking to you about an area of your life, any area of your life, or an aspect of your life, and you've just not moved? You've not moved because of fear. You've not moved because you don't know how to. What do you need to ask him for help for this morning? You know, as, as a humble man standing before you, there are many times that I've had to say, I can't. I can't do it on my own. I don't know how to do it on my own. It's just something simple as praying for my wife or, or something challenging. You know, I, for, me to, for me to cry out, Lord, help me, is probably one of the strongest things that I can do. We are called to be bold, to be bold for Christ, to with confidence draw near to his throne. I want to pray this morning for an increase in the filling of the Holy Spirit so that we can have that boldness and confidence. And this morning, I'm, I'm going to take some time here at the end specifically to pray for that. So praise team, you, you can come forward as we begin to, to, to close this. But I want you to think about those ideas. When I'm speaking of boldness in Christ, I'm not just talking about the words that you share. I'm not talking about you know, the way that you're able to articulate things. Boldness in Christ, I believe he's speaking this morning. Boldness is going to come in many different ways, in many different areas of our lives. So examine your own lives this morning and ask God in what ways he's calling you to respond for boldness. We can be bold in our continual prayers. Maybe you've not seen God move when you've been praying for something. And so you've just kind of put that on the back burner. You started to kind of become more passive with it. I think this morning that we need to, to renew that boldness. Pray for your children. Pray for your spouse. Pray for strength. Continue to pray with bold faith, even when it seems that there's no answer. We can become tired and weary. Let's go for boldness this morning. Be bold in your pursuit of forgiveness and restoration of relationships. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've hurt someone. Be bold in your pursuit of forgiveness. Young people, be bold in how you live out your physical relationship with your boyfriend and girlfriend before marriage. That's a testimony. Be bold in how you love others. Be bold in how you steward the money that God's entrusted you with. Be bold in your pursuit of Him. Be bold in being led by the Holy Spirit. That can be scary because we're not in charge. Be bold in your relationship with your coworkers. How you treat them. How you speak to them. How you love them. 
Be bold in praying for healing. He is able. Obedience to God's word and continual prayer. Confession of our sins and the yielding to the will of God will give us unwavering confidence. I just felt that from the Lord very clearly this week. Maybe your confidence isn't unwavering in Him. I know Miami just had their graduation, and there's probably a lot of people that are trying to figure out what's next. What are my plans? What am I doing? What next? Maybe there's some, maybe there's some wavering confidence. Does, is, is God in control of this? He is. Unwavering confidence. May that be our prayer this morning. Boldness of common, ordinary individuals. Be sincere and let the love of Christ come through you. Even when it's hard, the Holy Spirit will direct you will equip you and will strengthen you. I want to pray that specifically this morning. That we submit to that. That we submit to allowing that unwavering confidence. That there's just maybe that one person, that one situation that you've just not yielded that you've not surrendered, that you've not submitted. I want you to pray for that one this morning. I want you to think about that, and we're going to worship, and I'm going to trust that the Lord speak to you. And if He's speaking to you, don't leave here today without praying for and yielding and surrendering. Whether that's up here, whether that's in your seat, we'll have our prayer teams up here, and we'd love to pray with you. A step to boldness is to at least step forward and acknowledge I'm an, unor- I'm an ordinary common individual but you're no ordinary common God and I want to see you move through me so I want to pray before we go into worship Father God thank you for your word Thank you that this isn't just a story about two individuals, but this is your word for us. We pray that your Holy Spirit this morning give us boldness. Give us confidence. Unwavering confidence. And Lord, I just want to come this morning and repent that, you know, maybe we've, maybe we've wavered. Maybe we haven't trusted Maybe we've let fear take hold. Lord, forgive us. May we come boldly and confidently to you that when you lay it on our hearts, when you guide our steps, when you direct our path, that we boldly go after that. That we confidently trust in you. Let fear not grip us. Let doubt not grip us. Oh, no, Holy Spirit, fill us. So that when others see us, they see you. That you be glorified in our walk. That you be glorified in our talk. 
that you be glorified in our lives. May we yield that to you. May we surrender that to you this morning. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.